0: Algar Productions.
1: Welcome to the Post Atomic Horror, the most comprehensive Star Trek podcast ever produced, with your hosts, Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. (laughs) Episode 412, covering Broken Pieces with Devlin Grimm.
0: Hi, friends. It is, what is it, week? Week eight, right? We
2: uh, we said week eight, yes, yes, and uh, it's Devlin's turn. Hello, Devlin. Welcome Hi back. Hi Oh, it's yes. nice to be
1: here. No, oh, nice yes. to be anywhere. It only <laughs> took a year to come back, so that's not tr- well.
0: Well, maybe it is true, but we offered you a slot <laughs> when we were when we were wandering in the wilds, and you weren't available. So mm-hmm. uh...
1: I couldn't find you in the wilds. I was in civilization at the time. But, but I mean,
0: you, why we were said, we
2: recording from those wilds?
0: You could you could pick one of the real stupid shows we're making ourselves watch since there's no Star Trek. And you're like,
1: oh, I have a
2: job that means that I
0: am
1: unavailable.
0: <laughs> that was you. You said that. That was I me. Assume... That's a
1: great impression of me. Yeah. I assume oh, your position sorry. is I'm that Jevlin. you only
0: watch Star Trek. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: <laughs> what
2: other but... shows would you like to talk about? None. Not at all. <laughs> yep. I mean,
0: I we may be in that position again in three weeks. Oh, Yeah because
2: who knows get your shit together cbs we got we need content yes you keep promising all these shows
1: i look forward to joining you guys on the post-atomic real housewives of new york then
0: no (laughs) not that and we're not watching cats so let's let's get that out of the way right now too
1: there's
2: no other media I, Uh I, i i think at this point we're the only podcast that hasn't reviewed cats
0: I mean, both of us have many, many people in our lives uh, like for whom it is a huge priority. Mm-hmm. And I keep hearing about how the movie just kind of disappeared off the radar and how it didn't do very well. I'm like, are you kidding? How could that possibly be when everyone I've ever met will not shut up about it? The only person in my life who hasn't seen it is Matt. Mm-hmm. Everyone else I know is
2: like can quote that movie verbatim now. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I've seen it enough for both of you, so... Good. Even
2: then, I won't shut up about <laughs> Skimble Shanks, the cat of the railway train, because oh. I think that's fucking funny as hell. Oh, no. No, oh, Matt.
1: <laughs> Did you see his little red pants?
2: Nope. All I know he's is amazing. that there is a character in that movie called Skimble Shanks, the cat of the railway train. Yeah, the he's phrase, got
1: Skimbly Shanks in his the red phrase. Pants.
2: Railway train delights me. <laughs> I dared to suggest to Amanda that that
0: cat is a hobo, and she got angry. <laughs> she pulled a knife on you. Like no, he's not right. Like he's not sneaking onto the train and riding it. Like you know,
2: like as an adventure. He's he belongs there. That is classy. That is his train, Al. And how dare you even think that it might be otherwise? Yeah, it was. It was a. It was a moment. He is not the cat on the railway train. He is the cat of the railway train. Okay. I do
0: like that we have sidetracked to this and it's not even Devlin's fault because mm-hmm. I, yes. I assumed that she would be making that happen. And it didn't 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 happen that way.
1: No, it just uh, happened organically. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's the effect I have on people. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh huh. So before
0: before we get into your summary, I, I've sometimes remembered to do this just to, to get your general impression of the series so far. Like, what are you are you, are you feeling it? Are you not feeling it? What do you what do you think?
1: I'm feeling it. I'm surprised by how much I'm feeling it. Yeah. I'd say I like maybe 70% of it. And mm-hmm. what I don't like, I'm very forgiving of. And I mm-hmm. don't know that I'm going to maintain that if I rewatch it. But on the balance, it's a new Star Trek show that I'm looking forward to rewatching. And I, I didn't think that would happen. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm here for it.
0: All right. Well, let's get into it then. Uh, this is, well, can, can we agree this is the worst title they've done so far? I don't know. If they've had some pretty shitty titles so far. I yeah, think they're all kind of generic titles. This this one's like maps this and one feels legends like a... was a real fuck off. That's true. Maps and legends felt like a DS nine title. One of those sort of throwaway generic mm-hmm. dumb ones. This feels like a kind of edgy Voyager one.
1: Uh, this sounds like maybe a Lincoln Park album that nobody yep. bought. <laughs> also probably that. Cut my <laughs> life into broken pieces.
0: <laughs> all right. Take it away Devlin.
1: All right. A council of Romulan witches meets on the planet of grief to absorb some cursed content. Among them are Commodore O, o Cersei, Crazy Aunt Rhonda, and a rare variant of black hooded red shirts. But that was then, and this is now, and now we're on the artifact. Keep up, you guys, where Cersei has a moment with Crazy Aunt Rhonda, her only relative she doesn't want a bone. <clears throat> Cersei further endears herself to me by wanting to murder Elmo, who is currently running towards a flash bomb like the very useful professional that he is. Meanwhile, on La Serena, Rios sees Soji and has a little out-of-focus fit. He goes to his room and activates all five Rios babes, each with less believable accent than the last. Raffi sasses at Picard about how Agnes is murdering people and got keg vomit everywhere and how Soji is probably going to do exactly the same. Then Raffi goes on a side quest to ca- chat with all Rios babes, then all five Rios babes at once, and then share some exposition trauma bonding with boss Rios. Meanwhile, on the artifact, Seven evades Cersei and hijacks the cube. Elnor does nothing to help. Seven struggles with the morality of hijacking the Borg themselves, making herself complacent in the suppression of their personhood. Seven must face the abyss within her without succumbing to it. Elnor continues to do nothing to help. (laughs) Meanwhile, Picard and Soji... Picard tells Soji all about her father, I guess? Data? Picard loved Data and misses him dearly. Happily, he spares her the tale of her garbage grandfather, moron uncle, and other meaner moron uncle who and his magic castle. <laughs> he loved you, Soji tells Picard. Meanwhile, Devlin is crying. This sinful feeling is beyond even Viger's comprehension. Meanwhile, Soji wanders over to the Agnes to chat about how great it is that Soji exists. Now that Agnes is done with murdering guys, she's the best person to confirm Soji's personhood. <laughs> Meanwhile, Raffi learns that this ancient dead civilization moved eight whole-ass sons into the same system as the Ultimate Flex. I mean, warning! The warning that was the very same dank meme account that the Jat Vash were downloading in the first act. Rios puts it all together. The ancient civilization was a warning of yet another ancient civilization that will come and wreck you up when you create biological sins. For those of you who don't speak Star Trek... This Game of Thrones Valis Frankenstein has become a day the Earth stood still. <laughs> Meanwhile, Cersei throws a million Borg outside, and it's horrible because it turns out that Borg can actually scream. <laughs> Queen Seven commands the last of the XBs to attack Cersei, and they fall on her like a pack of Fenris wolves. Elnor continues to do nothing to help. Finally, while the gang sets off to the planet, other than the one they promised to go to 40 minutes ago, again. The end! <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, I and I don't say this to make fun of you. I'm asking a genuine question here. Did okay. it actually make you cry?
1: Um, No. No. Okay. But I, I knew if it went on much longer, it would make me cry. There's some That's good, fair.
2: There's some good stuff in this one. No, it was
0: Here's, a very good yeah. scene. Mm-hmm. And this show yeah. makes me cry all the time. Like, I am not ashamed of that in the least. I'm it just curious if it got that. that in- like.
2: Yeah. It works those emotions.
1: No, it, yeah, it's it like...
0: pulls those fan service levers mm-hmm. very, very well.
1: Yeah, my failure to cry had more to do with dehydration than anything else. <laughs> That's fair.
0: <laughs> oh, I love I love the pivot from when you're a child and you're like, I wasn't crying, I was doing... No, 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 I would have cried, but... <laughs> I can't cry. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: I, I would have cried, but I'm dead inside because uh-huh. I'm well in my
0: 30s. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm in my 40s, so... Uh...
1: Oh no, we're all
2: broken people. <sighs> yeah, like. no,
0: but I'm saying that that being dead inside is a cute distant memory. It gets much, much worse.
1: <laughs> oh, well, rep to all of us, I guess.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh well, okay, we had a to... run. What? <laughs> yeah.
1: Things are happening. Mm,
0: things continue to happen. I, I, we are to the point in uh, you know world affairs where when I put on the headphones for an hour and then I go back to what's going on and what did I
2: miss? Like, yeah.
0: Oh, Jesus Christ.
2: Yeah. If things could not happen for just a little while, that would be a real nice gift to me.
0: It's, it's like an episode of Picard. Like all these summaries run two pages
2: because it's just so many things. Mm-hmm.
0: See how I steered us back on course. Then? It was
2: very good out. We're very proud of you.
0: Yeah. Thank you. And then I called attention to it to make it really awkward again.
2: Yeah. We're less proud
0: about that.
1: <laughs> That's well, my brand sorry. man. <laughs> What are we talking about? I was listening to Skimble Shanks. God. He's the cat of the railway train. <laughs> I've heard that.
0: Oh, where to begin? Because there were very many things. There's very was many, many things. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's let's start with your bad thing, Devlin, because this is definitely a thing I think we should talk about.
1: Elnor! I hate him so much. <laughs> what is even the point of this guy? He oh. continues to have nothing to do. I was always going to be a hard sell on an Elvish sword guy in Star Trek, but he is an unmitigated disaster. He's bad at being a hired sword. He abandons his quest. He got Hugh killed, which is unforgivable. The greatest of crimes. The greatest of crimes.
0: Here's a legacy character. Don't fuck it up. Whoops.
1: Oh, oh no. I fucked it up. God damn it. Oh, blimey. (laughs) Uh, Crimes go getting Hugh killed and then like... Way down, killing Bruce Maddox. Mm-hmm. That's uh-huh. the level of crimes. Yeah, he leaves clues, and he <laughs> he just like wanders up to a flash bomb. It's the dumbest thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's this thing? Oh no, it exploded!
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, you're doing the Nick voice. He's Australian. Come on. <laughs>
1: Every but time he do an Australian every time he speaks, I can't even hear him because I'm so enraged by his dumb <laughs> question. <laughs> I
0: do you know how much it delights me? Not that you're upset, because you you guys are my friends, and I don't want you to be unhappy. Truly, uh-huh, But Yeah. <laughs> that no, I'm I'm serious. I'm not. I'm 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 dead serious. But I'm so happy that I'm not alone. Because <laughs> this is one of those things where I'm usually out on a limb, where I'm bitching about the sword thing, and after like three weeks, you guys are like, okay, all right, we get it, Al. Enough. No, Elmo fucking sucks, man. I'm just I, glad I'm not the only one who thinks that.
1: Yeah, if you he were here to just do like sick flips and have a sword, <laughs> that's fine. He's not even good at that though. jeez, oh,
0: so, those sick flips. I'm I'm sure I've I've meant I've uh, parsed this out before, but I feel it bears repeating. So, years and years ago, because mm-hmm. I'm a very old man, um, mm-hmm. we nerds used to get our like rumors and nerd news from from magazines mostly. Sure, Wizard I'm Magazine. Like, yeah, Wizard and, uh, like, Cinefex or Cinefantast, Cine-something. And uh, there were a bunch of them, Starlog. And there was one that had this persistent rumor, and this will interest you specifically, Devlin, mm-hmm. uh, about RoboCop 3. It was it was on the horizon. It was going to happen. It was going to happen. And the snippet they gave us, like, six months in a row, was it features a ninja assassin who's, quote, described as doing lots of backflips. <laughs> And that exact wording has stuck with me for 30 years because it's the
2: stupidest thing. Yeah, that sounds like a Frank Miller joint. I don't know that he... Was he involved with 3? He did, too. I thought he wrote 3. I could
0: he be may wrong. have. I have no idea. I mean, Devlin knows I, RoboCop. Do you know?
1: I bet sick backflips was the only thing he gave to RoboCop 3. There needs more sick backflips. <laughs> <laughs> more whores. And racism. Uh, we can cut that part out, Frank. I think... <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, but that's just what Elnor reminds me of week in and week out, is like he's he's there just to do, quote, lots of backflips.
1: No, he really is a ninja assassin in Robocop. He has no business here. Yeah. Yes, exactly.
0: And uh, I was willing to be won over. I really was. Yeah.
1: Like, last week,
0: I think it was last week, he had a couple of moments where I'm like, you know what? I could get... I th- yeah, because it was him and Hugh fighting together for about mm-hmm. five minutes there. I was like, I could... I could I could live with this. He's got a new friend. He's not dragging Picard down. This this could be okay. And then he fucked it up.
2: Yeah, the problem there yeah. is that what you thought was affection for Elmo was actually affection for Hugh that, like, bled over onto Elmo. No, it wasn't. It definitely Possibly wasn't was when he affection. beheaded someone again.
1: No, I yeah, don't it, care about that. That affection bled out of Hugh's neck when Elmo got him killed.
0: <laughs> I like Seven showing up, and the first thing out of her mouth
1: is, where's Hugh? <laughs> <laughs> What have you done, child? Yes. Don't hug me.
2: I just like he, like he wraps his arms around her and I just picture seven. Go, oh, no, we are not hugging friends. The thing is, my first reaction to that was you don't
0: know her. And then my second reaction is he is absolutely the kind of person who would hug someone he doesn't know.
2: I'm I'm <laughs> shocked he didn't give her a Buster style back or or back rub.
1: <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't call her him, her mother. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Oh, mother.
2: I love
0: mother. Oh, go- We're going to Mother Boy 430. (laughs) Upon
2: her knee.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But um, I did... This actually goes to my good thing. I actually really liked what they did with Seven. Um, The whole conflict of her, like, uh, the only way we can stop these Romulans is for me to jack myself into the queen hub here and basically become queen of this cube. And boy, is that a terrible idea. And... (sighs) It's, it's a little cheating because the show hasn't done the work, but we know from previous appearances from Seven how terrible that is for her. That's the, th- the show mm-hmm.
2: hasn't done the work, but it had a different show do the work for us. And as yeah, people who saw it, like, we can sort of just take that, you know? Yeah, they're
0: building on what we know of her from the previous show. But once again, I'm kind of concerned for people jumping into this, like, they don't know all that, like what's going through her head right there i we mean do.
2: clearly at this point this show doesn't give a shit about that like it's yeah. it's here for the it's here for the old trek fans but it's why well, i it's would a, say god
1: i'm sorry go on i no. would say within within this show it's a nice contrast with commodore O, who's like non-consensually mind-melding and forcing her will on people to have someone yeah. who are you know our hero who does have some conflict about that no Ooh, and it okay. is a
0: Badass hero moment. You're yeah, absolutely right. 100%. That's, a, that's a good thing. But also, um, you
2: can see the toll it takes
0: on her, and it's so cool. And mm-hmm. this is, uh, I mean, Elnor sucks. Let's let's be. He clear. sure does. But it is a good use of him sucking. Like Amanda's pointed out, she kind of likes him being sort of the the dumb dog that follows Picard around, like the the one <laughs> the one asking the dumb questions. Like his function is to be kind of lame, and him saying. She's like, I could jack myself into this. I could become the queen. I could make all the drones. And he's like, Yes, do that. And she's she's like, uh, No, take no, away their dullard. will. you dullard. But it it's doesn't a very work good, like that. It's a it's a very good foil for her to mm-hmm. to express that. I like that. Oh no, that throwing sticks boomeranged on you. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: like you you don't understand. If I take possess like this, totally. Yeah. This is all, like, all the work I've done over these years to become the, a human and escape from being a Borg and, like... Yeah, it took me 30 years to get here, and now not I'm just going to right back into it. Yeah, but have you considered that if you did it, it would make my job a whole lot easier? <laughs> what about what about if you thought about that sort of thing? Mm-hmm. Now you got it. Yes, i Milmo. Oh, fuck, I can't stop that. <laughs>
0: Our, uh... Our Australian friend, Tim, said, you guys didn't bring up that he's Australian. So I I feel like we're making up for lost time
1: there. You're too busy talking about how he's lame.
2: He sure is lame.
1: He's very lame. Not because he's Australian, though. No.
2: No. No, totally separate. That has nothing to do with it. No, there's plenty of reasons why he's lame other than that.
0: Yeah, but no, I did. I did like the seven stuff, and I hope that it doesn't turn into now she's possessed by the Borg or whatever. Because there's always that. But. I'm just
2: watching, and I'm just like, okay, so we have a bad guy for season two. Oh, I hope not. I it's seven hope it's just becoming this. the the queen.
0: Yeah.
2: Although this episode does have uh, uh, Rizzo talking about her dead parents, so maybe less likely to be Sila. Yeah, I'm gonna
0: I'm gonna rule out Sela now. Unfortunately, I was I was dead certain it's her, and now mm. probably not.
1: I mean, it's still possible. I... I'm waiting for Crazy Aunt Rhonda to take off her mask and actually be Sela the whole time. That that <laughs> would be all right. I I would accept that. You know, um, Crazy Aunt Rhonda's Mission Impossible mask because why not? That's what Star Trek is. Okay, see,
0: so let's let's talk keep, about all. this. See,
2: I keep thinking that she looks like Sarah Palmer. So if she took her mask off, there would just be some big teeth behind it. <laughs>
1: It's we have enough have. big teeth in this show. <laughs> we yeah, sure we're, fucking we're do. Good.
2: So let's really get into that though. I hate how
0: that every like, basically every woman that isn't on Picard's ship on the show is related.
2: Oh yeah. hmm
0: Is real stupid. Well, They're all part of as as Devlin called them, the coven.
2: Yeah, no, well this this week we learn about the, the fucking the witch's coven on the fucking <laughs> grief world. Oh, this is your bad thing. It yeah? sure fucking is, Al. Because I couldn't make fun of Elmo again this week. I mean, you can pile on like you just did, of course. But, oh, yeah. But you, know, you need to pick a different thing. Now, I ju- we open on this episode, and it's, it like the t- subtitles go, The Grief World. Fuck you. That's terrible. <laughs> like, that's really badly terrible. Yeah. I don't know. I
0: think free cloud's worse personally.
2: No, no, I'm sorry. Are we like two planets away from like the joy planet and like the mad planet? Fuck off. <laughs> All right.
0: I did like the artificial creation of an a, a solar system with eight suns. That that's is, a cool that concept. That is pretty cool. That's yeah. some that's some uh, oh shit, It's a Dyson sphere type shit. Yeah, that's yeah. like a uh that's like a Magrathea kind of thing. I yeah. like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Like space and, is ancient and big and terrifying that's that's I'm
0: always a sucker for that for mm-hmm. there were people here before you that were much smarter than you and they're long dead and, some and of look shit's what they still got up around. to yeah yeah but I hate that it's all connected I hate that it's all like this is what made them scared of synths because something bad happened to them mm-hmm. and I really hate this is my bad thing prophecies in mm-hmm. everything all of fiction they're always such a hack device to like Get the audience to think, oh, this is definitely going to happen. This is definitely going to happen. And then they sort of pull the rug out a
2: little and they're like, it didn't happen exactly the way we said. Isn't that a cute trick? It's just like stuff like that. It always feels like they whiz it down their legs. Like they, like yeah. they do the prophecy first and then they don't figure out how they're going to do it late, like fix it later. I will give the show credit. I think they know ex- where they're going. I don't mm. think like Discovery
0: felt a little meandering. I feel like this show knows. Like what's next? So there is that, but it still just feels cheap and dumb, and it also feels very Battlestar Galactic. It really does.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna say, and this is part of my like 30 of this show I forgive all the time. 30 mm-hmm. percent of the show I forgive 100 percent of the time. Um, <laughs> I just was because not told it turned out be math. <laughs> just because it turned out not to be an actual prophecy, and there's no time travel garbage involved. That's true. There's mm-hmm. an actual ancient warning that. Romulans who are apparently really into fantasy tropes now decided was a fan, was a prophecy. Yeah.
2: Listen, when your planet blows up, you're going to get real into fantasy too. Like it's called escapism. Yeah, I
0: <laughs> i I don't know. I liked the warrior nuns a lot. And that was like, that was fantasy adjacent, mm-hmm.
2: but it wasn't like directly magic. What, what bugs me with the warrior nuns is that it's a, it's like, is that it's nothing unique. It's just a, it's just a samurai, you know, like, that's okay. There's nothing like like it doesn't feel like they are inventing anything. They're just like and then a Romulan samurai.
0: I don't know the fact that they have the um the the absolute candor thing. Mm. The fact that they're all women. Like there's there's enough spins on it. I think that it makes it a little
2: different. I mean mm. the Jedi are basically samurai, but
0: they're. I mean that's I'll true.
2: Know. It's but it's, with enough dumb bullshit thrown in that you don't notice.
1: Yeah, I think I keep. I th- oh god. Oh, I just keep forgetting that absolute candor is a cool concept because we only see it through Elmo now.
0: Yeah. I loved, but I loved <laughs> the 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 woman whose care he was in at the you know, in the beginning of that episode. Yeah, yeah she, she was cool. She embodies. Why isn't that she on the quest? Well. Yeah. Yeah. She should be the one, absolutely. Like I don't
2: know. Elmo doesn't I like it doesn't feel like he practices absolute candor. It feels like he's just a bit of a dope. No, they're trying to you you called this out a week or two ago, Matt, that he
0: they're doing the data thing. Where yeah, he's He's the, like, naive child asking the, uh, like, oblivious questions. Yeah. And they're trying to milk comedy out of that, and it doesn't entirely work. Yeah. Sometimes I think it does, but I don't know. But there's so much non-Elmo in this. We need to we need to talk about those things. <laughs> Fair. We got so much Rios. Uh, I mean,
2: mathematically, we got so much Rios.
0: Yeah, but we also got, like, I've been, I knew this was coming. This isn't, like, you know... I'm not some damn genius. I just Mm -hmm. knew at some point we'd do an episode where we'd get his backstory and we did. And I'm glad Mm because I wanted to know what his deal was. And
2: it's a little too patent. Some Some of it's good, but like then we tie back into everything else and it feels a little like easy again, you know? Yeah. I mean, his like his tragic backstory
0: is that his captain was ordered to kill synths. Yeah. And, he so he's directly connected to all this it's just a huge coincidence that now the guy who's
2: trying to stop it all happening again happened to book his ship like really like like you like in the next couple episodes you guys not you guys the show needs to better have a damn good reason for why like yeah it, don't make it a coincidence it make, into real because yeah. that's a leap that's a real goddamn leap
0: There's The two of them, Picard and Rios, like, captain to captain, Mm -hmm. have a wonderful scene. This is my favorite part of the episode. At the end, where they're just talking, like, sort of, like, it, you know, kind of an epilogue, picking through what happened and dealing with their feelings and all that. And they're talking about, like, who they, like, uh, this was my captain. Oh, well, he was the commanding officer of a guy I graduated with at the Academy. Like, it's always, like, two or three levels, like, Kevin Bacon levels removed and, like, that's how people in Starfleet know each other. They're not just, "Oh yeah, you're you're finishing the mission that I started eight years ago." What? <laughs> I didn't care for that, but the, but
2: but all the Rios stuff. And Matt, this is your good thing. Oh yeah, hang on, I gotta scroll back up. Wow. Uh, we got the so Raffi trying to figure out what Rios's deal is. Eventually, calls a therapy session with every single Rios hologram on the ship. And it's amazing, including at
0: least one we've never met until this episode.
2: Yeah, so we've got we've got Scottish engineer Rios, we've got uh, Spanish defense Rios, we've got hospitality <laughs> Rios, we've got
0: with his with his super cheesy fake American accent.
2: Oh yes, I am the person with a Is real. Is there a accent. hospitality emergency? Well, I am a friend of Xander's here. Our favorite fucking uh-huh. joke ever. Yeah, and then and, uh, one of them's British. Yeah. Just, it's, oh, the EM the EMH. First of all, it's
0: hilarious. Oh, and then the Irish uh uh navigation. Yes. Which Devlin, you said was like uh you said that the accents were getting a bit community theater.
1: Yeah, that's when it really started I really started to check out. I'm like, all right, what are we auditioning for right now? <laughs> I don't what know. Produc- what bold production of bus stop is this? So what
0: are your thoughts on Rios, though? I don't want to assume you're on the, you know, on the Rios train with the rest of us, necessarily.
1: I'm kind of co-signing everything. Again, I am not crazy about the contrived plotting, but I'm here for the character stuff, and I'm mm-hmm. willing to swallow the garbage plot for the character stuff. And I do, you know, I hate Section 31, but I I like the themes of this episode, that all these people, all these broken pieces have put their faith <laughs> into a system that ends up screwing them over and leaving them worse for it
0: yeah it's just it's a theme that they've done so many times like the show's been pretty good about bringing something new to a lot of the old tropes and i Mm. feel like that isn't like they're not bringing anything new to this
1: i guess i I feel like they're finally doing this theme well instead of just wringing their hands and flapping about section 31
2: yeah, that's I, fair. I'm kind of here for how Starfleet keeps letting people down at this point. Like letting them down is okay. What I hate is that there's always
0: some sinister cover up. Yeah, I'm not. I'm
2: not spot. thrilled about that. As like, I like. I much prefer the idea that Starfleet has gotten scared and lazy than that yeah, it's that gotten was, sinister and like. Th-
0: that was our take in the first episode. Yeah. Was. Picard came at odds with one of these fucking Nechev types that he just doesn't agree with ideologically. Mm-hmm. She's not evil. They just don't agree and he hates it. And yeah. that's so much better when there's genuine conflict from two people that have valid viewpoints instead of one of them being a cackling villain.
1: You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I am glad that Clancy got a chance to say, like, "Ah, oh, you're you're you were correct. Do whatever the fuck you want. Now fuck Vine on Picard, off. Fuck you're face. so
2: fucking right. You fucking fuck. Come the fuck in or fuck the fuck off. <laughs> Fuckity fuck, 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 fuck,
0: fuck
2: ass. Uh-huh. Always Star Trek. Nice to, always <laughs> nice to have a conversation, Clancy. Mm-hmm. Context is for damn hell ass
0: kings. I loved Raffi in this in particular. Though, like, she's. She's been the hardest one to win me over on so far. I mean, Elmo notwithstanding. Of, of Picard. Well, he's group. such a non entity at this point. Yeah, but like, I want to like her character so much. Yeah. Elmo was a hard sell anyway, but she's always. And then she had the backstory episode. I was like, uh, I'm not, I don't really care about this. But this one, she's starting to see that all her supposedly crazy conspiracy shit mm-hmm. over the years is true and it's right. And she gets this wonderful gleam in her eye where she's just like, oh my God there is a romulan plot with starfleet command to, to like infiltrate earth and destroy synthetic life i fucking knew it and it's like yes i,
1: I get what she's about now and i'm i'm happy for her you know well yeah. I, honestly i'm uh honestly you get to watch her go toe to toe with every single rios too yeah. Yeah. and she's she's here for it she's yeah. here for the occasion
0: yeah she's trying to uncover the mystery and these guys have all been sort of like like bits of their memories have been wiped out cuz he doesn't want to talk about it
1: it's fascinating to watch and you believe that she was a good first officer in mm-hmm. her prime too
0: yeah and she's kind of a good detective like usually when an episode is structured around someone trying to solve a mystery i get bored but but they definitely kept me engaged
2: with this yeah well I, and i like that part of her character is that she's trying to fix people like she did this with agnes last week i mean it's it, i mean this is obvious i'm sure
0: you you spotted this it's because she failed she thinks she failed as a mother
2: well yeah and she's so trying she's to be like, everyone else's mom and i like it a lot Fine, I can fix this. I can fix everyone.
1: Yeah. I'm going to give I... you eight slices of cake because I'm yeah. a cool mom. <laughs> Is
2: now, there cake? <laughs> now, Rios, so you don't care for cake, but I definitely can get you booze. Uh-huh. No, she can't. She locked herself out of the booze. That was very good, actually.
0: I like I that because I like she had, and it's a very, like, sitcom setup. Like, you've seen this scene a million times where mm. it's like, you told me not to let you have it. You told me that
2: double secret override would not work. Oh, no, Al, please. You told me not to let you have it. Oh, of course. (laughs) Let me get right in your your face, though, with my face.
0: Your snake juice. (laughs) Yeah,
2: but no, I, like, this is the
0: best Raffi episode so far for me. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed, like, all of that with her. Um,
2: How do we feel about Agnes now? Um, I still really like Agnes.
1: Same. And if the show doesn't care that she killed a guy, neither do I. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, Honestly. Picard took I...
0: that same stance that Star Trek, <laughs> starting with him, really, mm-hmm. that Star Trek captains always do, is,
2: well, you did something bad yesterday, but today's a new day. It's fine. I mean, yes, she did kill a person, but she feels really bad about it, so it's probably
0: fine. She's she's seriously continues to win me over with her charm and her acting, and
2: just, like, her humility is very good. Mm-hmm. There's the, a... Sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, there's a great bit where uh, when she regains consciousness from her coma, and Picard's mm-hmm. just standing there, just like, "Oh, good, you're awake. It's time for the guilt trip train." Uh-huh. Population, Agnes. Uh-huh.
1: Taking you to the guilt planet. <laughs> it's right Agnes next to the grief
2: planet.
0: Scientist of the guilt train.
1: <laughs>
0: yep. No, and but but then she gets this moment. Where she sees Soji and all of that stuff when she's talking to Maddox before about mm-hmm. like this is partly your research. Like I used some of your yeah. breakthroughs to create her. And she's like, Oh my god, I am one of your parents. You're you're alive because of me. And she's asking her all these questions yeah. and she's just like she's tearing up and it's just like, Oh, yeah, this is the Agnes I'm here for.
2: Well, yeah, that's mm-hmm. the it's the it's the science Agnes, you know? Yeah. Murder Agnes isn't great. Science Agnes is fantastic. And they're trying to back out of it by saying
0: Commodoro like like put some uh, I don't know witch voodoo on her or her whatever sure. who fucking knows murder
1: juice yes mm-hmm. yeah of course <laughs> uh,
2: and
0: like I don't know there's mental blocks that make her not be able to talk about certain things and I I, don't know, I guess she hypnotized her you can get away with anything if you're hypnotized I mean a mind melt hypnotize has got to be pretty pretty harsh mm-hmm.
1: right yeah I don't well know. she threw up
2: yeah uh, she ooh. throws up a lot she does. Yeah. She She's was throwing up the bad influence.
1: Oh, yeah. is that how that works? Yeah, she was doing a cleanse. Gotcha. I mean, it was That's... it was
2: mostly red velvet cake, but there was some bad influence in there. That's I'm like on the, the red Car velvet Truster cake now.
1: cleanse as well. <laughs> so,
2: it's where I eat a lot of red velvet cake and then I throw up. Uh huh.
1: Yeah, works like a charm. It's
2: like, does that help at all? No, no, it doesn't help in
0: any measurable way. I don't even feel better while I'm doing it. It's I know really bad vomit. for
2: me, honestly.
1: yeah Yeah, it makes things worse for everyone around Mm -hmm. me it's my favorite thing
0: it's like i absorb the fat so i'm still you know like doing unhealthy things but then i also throw up it's
1: the worst of all worlds
0: (laughs) so devil what was your good thing
1: what was my good thing oh it was this scene it's actually intercut with raffi scene where she gets rio's backstory and it's we've seen Picard do this trick before, but it's always done so well. It's a nice way to keep the scenes dynamic and moving. They both sort of reach the emotional core at the same time. It's it's nice to see this kind of storytelling done well. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: and what, something I've been saying since Disco started is, like, this franchise shouldn't just be doing... Like, Matt, your excuse, and it's a valid one, mm. you're right, but I hate it, is... That's how TV is. They're doing what TV does. And yep. I keep thinking they need to be innovating. This is Star Trek. They should be pushing the envelope a little bit.
2: Yeah, innovating is hard. Yeah, of course it is. That's why you get good people, man. Mm-hmm.
0: They have the money for it. But they're, I mean, certainly they're they are bringing in ad revenue from CBS All Access because, like, you get an ad every 10 seconds. You sure fucking do. <sighs> what was that yeah, about? an, an ad TV for CBS definitely? All Access. Yeah. It's like a feedback loop. Mm
1: -hmm. exactly
0: but it it, it's nice to in some aspects see this show doing like pulling off some tricks that i don't see on really any television like it's it's good storytelling and it might not be hugely innovative necessarily but it's for this franchise it's something kind of new and different and good you know like Mm. it feels more grown up i like it
1: yeah i like the idea of star trek having an aesthetic that isn't just like flat and beige yeah
0: yeah that that i mean for all his other many, many sins, just the Rick Berman era of Star many, Trek just has sins. such a, such a, such a look, you know, such a feel, and mm-hmm. like, we're not there anymore. It's twenty years after the last thing ended. Let's like push into some new ground here, you know.
2: Yeah, yeah. And
0: not, and not just make it look like Game of Thrones or or Walking Dead or whatever, but mm-hmm. like a new thing.
1: We should also bring back the original series extreme close ups on eyes. I would be
2: okay with I that. Would and love eye that. lighting, and I want to see some of that eye shading. You know, hell yeah, yep. yeah. Just the the light right there. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: No, mm-hmm. blast like
1: some. In mm-hmm. the background, it's magenta. Yeah, yes. this is it. We've Why solved we it. Do, Speaking do, of my do language a whole episode.
0: Devil. Do a whole episode in a, just a, like a little black box theater. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> like what was it? The empath, I think.
1: Yes. Yeah. Or, and every like, character will have a different accent. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Or the later episodes of Batman sixty six. <laughs>
0: they both run out of money around the same time As...
2: just have a a scene based around a window frame floating in space and also the I mean, joker is there with, uh, with good storytelling I'm okay with that mm-hmm.
0: just do have Patrick Stewart in front of it giving one of his speeches and it's fine so he's got another like we've, we've seen a bit of this before but he's got another one where he's telling Agne, or uh, excuse me he's telling Soji about Data Really and that's a too. very, very good bit, and it's it's just it, it's just once again, fan service, but the right kind of fan service. Mm-hmm. It's like we all know data and we love data, and we're getting sort of secondhand filtered through Picard data, and it's just it's I don't know.
2: Now, I really now, like that quite a bit. Now that Soji is actually doing things and is a character and not just like a prop to be chased around. Yes, like. I'm enjoying her so much. Like, I'm enjoying her interactions with... I mean, not just Picard. Like, she was so good last week. Mm-hmm. But just with the Rikers. The Rikeresses yeah. in yeah, general. Yeah, particularly and, with uh, <laughs> Kestra, yeah. Absolutely. And it's just, like... it Introducing that her as a character, like, is, has been so much better than just, like, having Data show up, which was my assumption when we went into the show.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I, like... Like, the first moment in this episode where she really, like, sort of became a person to mm-hmm. me was she, like, Picard gives her breakfast and she's like, what? I don't know what I like. I don't know. Like, I know the fake memories I have, but what? Like, she like she's having this existential crisis and I love it.
1: <laughs> what kind of crisis? Existential. She doesn't oh. know what kind of
0: egg she likes and she doesn't know what person she is. And it's it's literally existential.
1: All
2: right. This I podcast is over. It took 10 Oh, hours. come
0: on. <laughs> Come on, I walked us right there. You knew where I were, where I was going <laughs> with that. I'm I'm serious though, like stupid pun aside. Like the I am genuinely serious about that moment where she's like even something simple like this, I don't know. I know nothing about my identity anymore. Do I do I like bacon? Yeah. I have no idea. Do I even eat meat? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a good moment.
1: What's Plus, my I deal get to with make a card? terrible pun? Fucking
0: yeah. Fucking I don't I, know. I, you're not just data and then fucking Rios is like oh you're struggling with being an individual here's a thing I know that all androids like to
2: eat Mm yeah that's not gonna help (laughs) I think it's more like I like him knowing that there's a connection between the android he met no I
0: know and it's comfort food and it's like I know like I have a little secret about you that's not sinister Mm. it's just helpful and it's nice but it still just like does sort of undercut her trying to
2: figure out who she is by saying well you all like this right (laughs) I, I'm not sure what my individuality or whatever is. Well, you're part of a set. I know that much. How does uh-huh. that make you feel?
0: <laughs> Here's a drawing I made of someone who looks exactly like you. Mm-hmm.
1: Not just a set, but there's more than one set of mm-hmm. these running around. I think
0: the I think the dude ones, at least some of the dude ones, look like Keanu Reeves. That's what I was getting from that drawing. <laughs> just like a a sort of young, handsome-looking, high cheekbones dude sure. with the beard.
1: Okay. Well, now I'm in for season two. Yes. <laughs>
0: Just Planet of the Keanus?
1: Yes.
2: <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! Finally, my dream to have Star Trek team up with John Wick.
1: <laughs> I already have several spec scripts written for some reason.
2: Good,
0: good. <laughs> for Wick or for The Matrix or for Ted Theodore Logan?
1: Um, for Planet of the Wicks in the Star <laughs> Trek universe. Ah.
2: I assume it's based around a dead Tribble.
1: Mm-hmm. Of course.
0: And he's just avenging the Tribble. Yes.
1: Also, there's a ninja for no reason. Well, of course. Uh,
0: is he described as doing, quote, lots of backflips.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the first 30 pages. And that's how you pad a script. <laughs> of course.
0: <laughs> that's uh, Screenwriting 101 right there. You gotta, like, was... your inciting incident has to be a ninja. Certainly if it was taught by Frank Miller. Uh-huh. Horse! Ah! <laughs> oh, boy. That guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, so Rizzo got to do some fun uh, scenery chewing. Like, i the more like this started last week, but we kept saying like she's off in a corner by herself and she mm-hmm. doesn't really fit. But they're really growing her role, I think. Like she she gets to run around shooting people and making stupid quips, and I'm I'm enjoying that.
1: Her oh, yeah, scene, running out of ammunition and throwing guns at people. That was stupid. But <laughs> her but her, seat,
2: her opening scene though with what did you call her Devlin Aunt Rhonda crazy, crazy Aunt Rhonda <laughs> crazy Aunt Rhonda is yeah. so good. it's the most character. I have seen of her since she showed up because for five seconds, she's not trying to scheme and or fuck her brother. Or brother's not in it, which was almost your good thing. Devlin.
1: Oh, that was F- that's my very close second. Good thing. Is he uh-huh. I'm so Ryan? sick of crunchy Ryan.
0: Crunchy Ryan. <laughs> so now tell me this. Would you order a bag salad with crunchy Ryan?
1: Oh, What is it about modern track and like the. Every king of the ex-boyfriends showing up. Really? <laughs> Why can't these fools close their mouths? Just close your mouth, Crunchy Ryan.
0: You are, you are painting a very specific picture of your personal life that I don't know if you intended to or not. But This podcast is over. <laughs> now tell me this. Were you vibing on um, on uh, uh, Bruce
1: Maddox? All I can hear you say is, Skimble shanks the railway cat. Damn it.
0: <laughs> uh, no, I, anyway, I, d- I did enjoy seeing her, like, camp it up in a way that made sense. Mm-hmm. Like, putting her in action sequences makes them more interesting to me, just because she's so fucking, she's so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she She sure is. She enjoys it mm-hmm. so much, just killing
2: guys and... Well, I like I mean I said
0: making her dumb quips
2: and That you know, really that. is the redeeming thing for her cuz like it, if it weren't for all the camp she really doesn't have anything. No, she doesn't. And so like having her like fucking take out like eight borgs with fucking her two disruptors is pretty fucking badass. And then one of them runs out of bullets, I guess. Yep. This one's yep. broken. I broke it. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're and not supposed to so shoot many... it so many times. Mm-hmm.
1: There's so Got many it. Borgs for her fools to seize. It's just so good.
0: <laughs> seize them. That Got might it. have
2: been. One I of wish my regular favorite. guns were that. By the way. Oh yes, of course. If they
0: just broke after you used them too much. Uh huh. <laughs> well, I mean, they do in the Naked Gun. Then they just throw the guns at people.
2: There you go. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but let's talk about Crazy Aunt Rhonda because, <laughs> so it turns out, we've we've had a lot of talk about. The, the, the artifact, the Borg cube, like, was the last Borg uh, vessel that, that uh, abducted Romulans, that mm. assimilated Romulans, and we're not sure why it failed. And it turns out it failed because Rhonda's mind was too much for them.
1: Yep. She, crazy she, Aunt she, Rhonda was too crazy.
2: She oh. was too crazy. So, this, I feel like this needs a little bit of explanation Yeah, about the Witches of the Grief Planet. Okay. <laughs> okay. Which, like, as we said, we open the episode with this, and and
0: this is the driving force behind the whole season plot. Like, this yeah, is these are big, the bad this guys. This is a cornerstone of the of the yeah
2: yeah yeah. So years ago, a coven of of space witches met on the grief planet in a circle of rocks around a laser table uh-huh. to summon which, a vision, which keeps their laser pizza
0: from sticking to the top of the laser box. <laughs>
2: And they all had a collective vision about robots that drove almost all of them insane. Now and we vision, know it the vision was it, left
0: behind by by aliens. It wasn't like they hallucinated. Let's be yeah. clear.
2: But we, we know that it drove them insane because then we get to watch them all beat <laughs> beat themselves to death, including one woman who tears her own face off with her bare hands. Mhm. Like she's so much Nick Cage. <sighs>
1: Not a great representation of witches, honestly. Not or so Nick much. Cage. <laughs> no,
2: actually. Uh, that's a little closer. Cage. Yeah. Okay. I just watched *Color Out of Space. That dude's
0: a fucking maniac. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's the exact reason I don't want to see that. I would love to see a good adaptation of that story, but <laughs> Nick Cage, no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's, and then, yeah. And then, um, Rum, Rumda is her
1: actual name, I think.
0: Yes. Ronda with an M. Um,
1: Rum Tum Tugger? Oh, no. no, wait, what are we're, we talking
2: about? We're back again. Rum Tum Tugger, that's tough. Um, what, uh, what mass transit system is he uh, the cat of? Is there a
1: cat? I guess
0: the underground? Is there a cat called Crumb Crisp Coating? There must be.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but uh, her, her. Do you little... want me to sing his song? Oh,
0: please, no. <laughs> I would like nothing less. <laughs> But her insanity drives an entire Borg cube insane, which uh-huh. I thought was stupid. And then That's Devlin, a I saw... Voyager shit right there. Well, but then in, in your notes, Devlin, you point out how this is a- kind of problematic, too. Oh,
1: well, it's deeply problematic and also makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Can any neurodivergent person just break a Borg cube? I mean, so... That's an I mean, excellent point. I I know if I got assimilated, that would be the end of them, because they'd just be, like, so fucking depressed. Uh-huh. <laughs> I would love to give anxiety the... issues ADHD. Yeah, I like, would love to give the what board are them my ADHD. With? They
0: would they would never like there'd be no collective because each one of them would just be thinking some distracting thought all the time. That would be amazing. Until still a they... better that... uh,
2: still a better defense than uh, sleep though. Oh yeah, sleep data. Terrible. How'd you beat the Borg? We plugged Matt in and then they just went and played video games for the rest of the weekend.
0: <laughs> Which is weird because the same thing happened when they assimilated a bong. you will you will hand over your technological distinctiveness and also some cheetos (laughs) but no i just i hate the idea i hate that like i thought the artifact was such a cool thing and i didn't really Mm. care why it got defeated because i don't know we've watched starfleet guys defeat borg cubes before and who knows i mean i don't care they just they beat one and they they have the hulk of it left but no it turns out that it's all connected to these witches, the witches yeah. of the grief planet.
1: I do like the idea of an anomaly bringing down the robot cube, but it's just because they made it about how crazy she was, yeah. it wasn't it was well, there's a really distasteful
0: It's real bad. <laughs> there's an episode of Red Dwarf, and Matt helped me remember because I only remember bits of it, but like mm. that Rimmer's broken psyche, they plug it. What do they plug it into?
2: I forget if it's the episode. It's like a fantasy planet or something like that. Okay, it is. I couldn't remember if it was the fantasy fantasy planet or the episode where everyone on the planet was Rimmer.
0: Oh, wait, no, I think, yeah, because it's it's better than life, right? Where everyone gets their heart's desires. That's it, okay, yeah. But because he's so fucked up. Rimmer's
2: depression just ruins everything.
0: Yeah, and not only his simulation, but everyone's simulation. It 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 reminded me of that from that comedy show Mm -hmm. from, you know, 30 years ago.
2: Well, it's a very good comedy show. It is a good comedy. It was for a long time. Yeah,
0: I don't know how well it's it's gonna hold up, but yeah, it's very good. Um, Coming back again. Yeah, I know. On Dave. Yeah. All right. Dave is not a. Dave is not a channel. I mean, yes. Dave's not here, man. (laughs) Dave's not a system. He's a man. Devlin's just being politely quiet. I don't know what the fuck you guys are talking about. Skimble,
1: where is Skimble? Has he gone to hunt the thimble? We must find him, or the train can't go. Oh,
0: you know who's a great cat? The cat from Red Dwarf.
1: It's eleven forty-two, where the signals overdue, where the passengers are something, something, da da. Like saying Skimble, Skimble, Skimble. Wait, he's you... a Skimble Shanks. What? Do you not know all the words? <laughs>
0: I distinctly heard something something something. Do you this this movie you've seen
1: so many times you don't know all the words yet? No, those are actually the words from the original T.S. Eliot poem. Oh, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, that makes me. sense. Yeah. Something something something, whimper. Uh-huh. Andrew Lloyd Webber has a lot to answer for. <laughs> Andrew Lloyd, whimper.
0: Ugh. That's how the world ends.
1: <laughs> what the hell podcast is this now?
0: I don't fucking know. Well, what else would you like to talk about? It's fine, this is good content. Yes. <laughs> quality content. Uh huh. Uh, that's actually about all I have, anyway. What about you guys? Uh, let me see here. Oh, uh, uh, Rios is a vinyl hipster, which which caused Amanda to finally jump off the uh the Rios fan club. Like we were all on board, and that like now they've lost one.
2: Yeah, man, I gotta say that shit checks out for him.
1: That's all right. I fucking hijacked that truck after I saw his existential book stack. <laughs> Now, yep. you, oh, philosophy boy hello
0: did you did you recognize it like were they actual titles did they do the star trek thing where some of them were or
1: they're actual titles except for the last one which is suric and existentialism which yeah. i desperately want to read so
0: that's that's how star trek has always rolled you give two yep. examples you recognize and one alien one so mm-hmm. that tracks uh... i will
1: say it was a very narrow selection i wish he was reading more about simulations I... seeing yeah. as how he has all these hollow babies <laughs>
0: Well, we were just panning by one part of like th- we didn't see all his books. We just saw those
2: books. We we, that, we that's get fair. A, we get a little of that too. Actually, I just remembered. What's um, that? One of the one of the holograms is talking to. I think it's uh, it's uh, uh, Rafi, and he is, is just like the secret origin of why everyone on there is a duplicate of him. And it's like, nice no, he says he did it accidentally, as uh-huh. far as any of us know. I like that. I kind of don't... Like, I'll take an explanation if they
0: offer one, but if that's Mm -hmm. all we get, that's fine. Just probably that he did it out of vanity, but also won't admit that he did it out of vanity. Yeah. That's good enough.
1: He is the best variant of a garbage person.
0: Yes. No, because he's
1: like a classy garbage person. He's not... He
0: is. He treats people kindly, and Mm -hmm. he's an intellectual. He's
2: just also a garbage person. Yeah. Well, that's, (laughs) that's what makes the fact that he treats people well... Is what makes him so fucking hot, you know? Yeah, that and ignoring, you know, he ignoring the fact that him being extremely fucking hot also <laughs> makes him fucking hot. You know?
0: Oh, oh, is that what you think, Matt? You hadn't made that clear to this point.
2: Oh, have I not? Okay. Um, there's a part in this episode where all five of him are in an office together and I just want to roll around in it. <laughs> Let's be very clear here.
0: So, you and I, over the years, have gotten. Much better about mm-hmm. not objectifying women, but uh <laughs> objectifying Rios, totally fair game. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. No, I'm all right with that. I just wanna I just wanna clarify. Al, he's
2: gorgeous.
0: Look, you don't have to tell me. And then he's also like his own street options. Game. Yeah. <laughs> no, then there's all the variants. Like, okay, well, I like him except. Well, guess what? That nope. except is covered over here. Uh, Devlin, I loved your note here. My book stacks are also shot with Dutch angles. Follow me on Instagram. That was very (laughs) good. See, you didn't think that joke was good enough for the show, but I did.
1: Uh, I'm so glad you pulled that joke out. I was going to try and work it into my plug, but...
0: Uh, Sometimes I just go through your notes and say, hey, this is funny. What about Mm -hmm. this, huh?
1: (laughs) Fuck it, I don't care.
0: That's how we make the show.
1: Yeah. Uh, What else? Anything?
2: I think that's everything I got. Devlin?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean it was a very dense episode, mm-hmm. but it was I will say more okay. more good than bad. Yeah. I will yeah. say this probably is my
0: least favorite one so far, but that's cool. mostly because I hated all of the plot reveals. but there was mm. a lot of very good character stuff. So
2: well, the show's starting to rev up for the end. like we only got like what two episodes two left. left. And so we're getting a lot of is... answers and not all of those answers are great. No, and i I know that I Star Trek is
0: hardly ever good at like setup and payoff. Like mm. we talked about this for years in Next Gen with their two parters. Like the payoff is always disappointing, and you know DS Nine was pretty good at it, but mm. the rest of them not. So I guess that's tradition. I guess it's canon. Just yeah, you <laughs> expect something good, and then they whiz it down their leg. That's just you know that's canon at this point.
1: That is the Star Trek aesthetic. Yeah.
0: But that said, once again, I do have to praise that they are not jerking us around. Like, I don't like the answers, but we have them. Yeah. They are not like disco. It's not treated like after a big week.
2: super secret reveal in the last episode. No, disco for
0: like just on and on with the Red Angel bullshit. And it's like, we know it's it's going to be Michael. We know time travel mm-hmm. paradox, self-fulfilling prophecy, whatever we know. Mm-hmm. And then for a second, it looked like it wasn't. And then it was so, you know.
1: I was honestly terrified signing up for week eight just because I thought it would be more disco storytelling, more treading water, more talking about where's data? When will data show up? When are we going to get to the data factory? Uh And then by week eight, nobody cares. I feel feel like we
2: are getting to the data factory, though.
1: Yeah. And this show's been good about
0: about parceling out. Like, I don't... At this point, there aren't any major unanswered questions. At this point, it's, like, mostly going to be moving forward, I think. Like, there's not a lot of backtracking to explain stuff because... I think we know everything we need, right? Mm. So that's good.
1: Yeah. So yeah. I'm excited for the end.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm
1: coming along for it. So. And
0: I hope, like the fact that they have a season two doesn't mean this doesn't wrap up in a satisfactory manner. I hope season two is a new story because, you know, I want I want this like at at the end of ten, I want to feel like I've watched a season of television and not just like a, a commercial for the second season. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Uh, You got a quote for us, Devlin?
1: I do have a quote. Uh, We talked about Raffi really coming into her sassy own. Mm -hmm. um, And she just has a great line about how she doesn't trust Soji. Why should she? I'm talking about how big a fool you really are. Yeah, come. I'm sorry about her rudeness. Raffi! A neuron. That's all you know about her. You built this whole giant fantasy of, of rescue and sacrifice and redemption out of one pissant little neuron. Yep.
0: Yes, that was pretty mm-hmm. good, but you're right. There was a lot of there were a lot of good lines. Yeah, there was. Um, it's a
1: very quotable episode. Yeah. yeah,
0: there was one, and I wish I'd remembered the setup. I only wrote down the payoff. He was talking about Data having trouble with his emotions and being emotionally distant and not being able to process them properly. And then he has this wistful moment and he's like, I guess that's something we had in common. And it was, yeah, it was that so was good.
2: That was
1: very good.
0: Yes. Just acknowledging that back in the day, he just, mm. he had some real, you know, real problems with all that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I guess that quote would have been the entire scene for me though.
0: Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. It would be hard to know where to, where to <laughs> chop that off. You went with a good one liner. But...
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, I suppose that's it then. Uh, Devlin, you got anything you'd like to plug?
1: Yeah, my dope Instagram where I take book our uh, book and stack shots. Hell yeah! You like vinyl and vanity and philosophy books? Have I got an Instagram for you? You got about twelve
0: um, hours between uh, when I hit stop and when I edit the show together to make the, to pull that together.
1: <laughs> I believe in you. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Um. Yeah. um, So I'm a media theorist and art educator based out of Los Angeles. I do have a killer Instagram. That's kind of the best way to get a hold of me right now and keep an eye on all the writing that's coming up. Mm -hmm. I've got plenty of articles and performances slated for 2020. Uh, they've been canceled for the next month for some reason. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, funny but you that. can follow me. Yeah, I know. You?
0: Everything's great. I, I know this isn't fresh in your mind right now because it happened a bit ago, but it happened since your previous appearance. You had something published not too long ago that, that people
1: should check out, yes? Yes, it's about cats.
0: No, no, no. <laughs> what? I mean, also that. I was talking about the RoboCop thing, but...
1: Oh, the RoboCop thing. Yeah, the RoboCop thing... Happened like a week after I was on the That's what I'm time. saying. It was
0: quite some time ago, but I don't think our our listeners know about it. So you should you should mention that.
1: Okay. Um, Jesus. <laughs> I liked I was, it. I really I was... liked it is why I <laughs> want you to mention it. Okay. Um, so I was published in the last issue of Cinephile, mm-hmm. uh, Cinephile 13.1. And I wrote about RoboCop. Uh, the article is called The Resurrected Cyborg, and it's a disability interpretation of RoboCop. Yeah,
0: it's very like I never read that much depth into that movie before. You you really put some interesting <laughs> like uh like uh, places to think about things that I did not think were intentional necessarily, but that that really worked, and I, I really enjoyed that.
1: Well, I'll tell you some background information. It was the first thing I wrote after I got my dyslexia diagnosis, too. So it really came from the head and the heart. Right. It's one of my favorite things I've ever written. Yeah, it's it's So it's currently still on their website. Otherwise, it is archived on my website. Mm -hmm. And if you still can't find it, um, shoot me a line on Instagram.
0: And what is your website? Actually, what is your Instagram? You did not give either of those things.
1: Oh, it's just so easy to remember. It's just my name, at Devlin Grimm, D-E-V-L-I-N-G-R-I-M-M. Excellent.
0: All right. Well, as ever, our website, postedonmachora.com, our email address, postedonmachora at Gmail. We are coming up to the end of this season, which means we will be doing a supplemental soon, which means Mm -hmm. we will answer your email. We would love to hear from people what you think, if we're right, if we're wrong, things that we missed. We miss stuff all the time. Uh... We are on Twitter at Algar, at Robot Matt. Uh, Please Mm -hmm. check out Endeavor. Uh, We are working on the second episode of the second season as we speak. And uh, the show's coming together really well, and we're very proud of it. So check that out. And we'll be back next week. Yeah. See ya, folks.
1: The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2020. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.